It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Wednesday, February 1st. I'm Kelly Reese and this is your KVMR Evening News. It's been two weeks since the brutal murders in Goshen and still no arrests. Tonight, the California Report heads to the small Central Valley town to experience the effects of violence firsthand. We'll then look at your local news and weather before KVMR science correspondent Al Stoller speaks with Daniel Hirsch, the former director of UC Santa Cruz's Environmental Nuclear Policy Program, about the back and forth over Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant. We close with a commentary by Grass Valley resident Shirley Frerichs. This is the California Report. I'm Marie Bolaños in San Francisco. California's snowpack is at 208 percent of normal for this time of year. KQED's Ezra David Romero explains that when it comes to water supplies, all this snow is very good news. If it sounds like there's a lot of snow in the Sierra Nevada right now, there is. We've got an absolute ton of snow up here. Andrew Schwartz is the lead scientist with UC Berkeley's Central Sierra Snow Lab. All the snow might melt into reservoirs. In recent years, heat waves have melted the snowpack early, and mountains sucked up much of that water. Right now, we're in much better shape. Even if we hit dry conditions, assuming we don't get a lot of warm temperatures that go with them, we should be able to have at least an average, if not an above-average snowpack going into March and April. Snow surveys are conducted through April 1st. That's when we'll know just how good California has it this year. For the California Report, I'm Ezra David Romero. California has released its own plan on how to share water with six other states from the Colorado River. In a letter to the federal government, California described how states could save millions of acre-feet of water by reducing the amount taken out of Lake Mead, a key reservoir on the river. Arizona and Nevada would bear the brunt of those cuts, but the plan does not account for water lost to evaporation, a move sought by the other states. That would mean major cuts for California, which has the largest allocation of water from the Colorado River. The states missed the January 31st deadline from the federal government on coming to an agreement on a water conservation plan. Federal officials are expected to release their own draft plan at the end of next month, and a final decision will likely come this summer. Thieves have stolen more than $35 million from some of the state's most vulnerable residents. Because the debit cards California used to send financial assistance are too easy to exploit. Now the state is trying to make it easier for those theft victims to get their money back. CalMatters' Jeannie Kwong has the details. I spoke with multiple people who had their benefits drained more than once, sometimes minutes after the funds hit their accounts. For some, it took weeks to get the money replaced, a delay that can mean being short on grocery money or falling behind on rent. Now, the state has reduced the number of steps victims have to take to replace the stolen benefits. But the main problem is that electronic benefits cards don't have security chips, which have been a consumer protection standard for years. And it's still unclear when the state will make that upgrade, since lawmakers have to approve budget funding first. That's CalMatters Jeannie Kwong. As Californians continue to process the series of mass shootings up and down the state, the small community of Goshen in the Central Valley remains shaken by the brutal murders of six family members two weeks ago. As KQED's Alex Hall reports, neighbors say they fear further violence. 
It's been quiet in Goshen, except for the kids throwing a football in the street or momentarily entertained by a rooster let loose from a yard. These days, most people stay inside. Two weeks ago, in this grid of houses in an industrial area off Highway 99 near Visalia, unknown gunmen shot six family members dead, including a 16-year-old girl and her 10-month-old son. Since then, there's been more shootings. Seven people died in a mass shooting in the northern Eight California people city. shot in Oakland. One person Three died. people were killed, four others wounded. This is now the fourth mass shooting. With but unlike California's victims. other recent mass shootings, this one involved five generations in a single household. Here in Goshen, there have been no arrests. Outside the house on Harvest Avenue, the street is blocked off by crime scene tape and road closed signs. Two sheriff's office patrol vehicles stay parked in the driveway while deputies keep watch. Across the street, there's a small wooden cross and votive candles next to the curb, a small vigil to the victims. A neighbor several doors down who asked not to be named says this is where she saw 16-year-old Alyssa Parraz slumped over her baby the morning of the shooting. And I will tell you, we are very close. At a press conference Monday, Tulare County Sheriff Mike Boudreaux said officers were days away from making an arrest. He pointed to maps showing drug trafficking distribution routes along California's highways and areas of heightened gang activity throughout the valley. The investigators strongly believe the shooters in this case are gang-related from the Central Valley. Boudreaux also said Alyssa's 10-month-old baby, Nicholas, had been in foster care until three days before the shooting. The reward money for information related to the murders has doubled from $10,000 to more than $20,000. How's it going? Good. But many residents say they don't want to talk about the shooting. Whoever did this could still be close by, watching, they say. If the Parra's family was targeted, who's to say their family won't be next? One neighbor standing on his porch initially agreed to be interviewed but then changed his mind, saying his mother told him it's too dangerous. Better to act like we don't know anything, didn't see anything. We don't know who could be connected, he said, before a woman behind him yelled to get back inside the house. After all this, I'm really considering moving up with my son in Oregon. Eva Marquez says she grew up in Goshen, and the neighborhood was pretty calm, with the exception of a neighbor whose house she says was raided by police. But nothing like this. But when it's this close to home, that makes you want to say, get the hell out. Another man standing in his yard wearing a cowboy hat said he saw detectives and DEA agents at the house where the shooting took place and that officers retrieved video from the security cameras at his house. He said if someone was watching and saw him talking to a reporter, they might think he was talking to the police. He added in Spanish, Hablar es buscar la muerte. To speak is to go looking for death. For the California Report, I'm Alex Hall in Goshen. Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. The California Healthcare Foundation, listening to Black Californians, a new study on how the healthcare system undermines their pursuit of good health. On the web at chcf.org/lbca. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt. 
whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better, on the web at schmidtfutures.com. And that's the California Report for Wednesday, February 1st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Let's take a look at today's local news. Sunday, February 5th, River City Waterway Alliance is hosting a cleanup along Steelhead Creek in Sacramento from 9 a.m. to noon. The volunteer group says their mission is to clear, restore, and protect Sacramento's waterways. Since their recent inception in January 2023, RCWA has organized 11 volunteer cleanup events, resulting in the removal of nearly 90,000 pounds of trash from local waterways and adjacent habitats. You can find more information about the February 5th Steelhead Creek Cleanup at River City Waterway Alliance's Facebook and Instagram. Kelly Babineau has been appointed to serve as a judge in the Nevada County Superior Court. She served as an assistant public defender at the Sacramento County Public Defender's Office from 2002 to 2009 and was an attorney for the California Central Appellate Project from 2005 to 2015. Babineau earned her law degree from the University of the Pacific McGeorge School of Law. She fills the vacancy created by the retirement of Judge Thomas M. Anderson. This reported by Ubinet. Time's running out for Nevada County residents to apply for the Extended Access and Functional Needs Program that provides free defensible space-clearing services within 100 feet of their homes. FireSafe Council of Nevada County says there's still room to help over 500 more residents. The program has also been expanded to include renters, as long as they have the property owner's permission. FireSafe Council Executive Director Jamie Jones says, quote, Every resident who thinks they might qualify based on age, disability, or income should get in touch with us right away. We can help with the application over the phone, via email, in person at our office, or even at your home. We're happy to make house calls to be sure we reach as many people as possible. Head to Nevada County's FireSafe Council online site at rufiresafe.com. The deadline to apply is February 28th. For questions, contact FireSafe Council Program Outreach Coordinator Kate Benton at 530-446-1224. All work will be completed by FireSafe Council crews. Turning our attention to your forecast from the National Weather Service, near to below freezing overnight temperatures tonight, rain and snow chances return Friday and Sunday. A weak weather system moves through Northern California Thursday night into Friday bringing light rain showers and light mountain snow. A wetter system arrives Sunday with widespread valley showers and mountain snow that could impact your travel plans. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight partly cloudy with a low around 35 degrees. Thursday, increasing clouds with a high near 56. Showers may return Thursday night. For Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight mostly cloudy with a low around 20 degrees. Thursday, partly sunny with a high near 44. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, patchy frost before 4 a.m., otherwise partly cloudy with a low around 34 degrees. Thursday, widespread frost mainly before 9 a.m., otherwise increasing clouds with a high near 58. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR.
The Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant on the coast in San Luis Obispo County will soon reach the end of its operating license. Last week, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission refused to grant PG&E's request to shortcut the license extension process. Given the ongoing discovery of earthquake faults near the plant, license extension is controversial. Coming up, KVMR science correspondent Al Stoller speaks to Daniel Hirsch. Hirsch is the former director of the Environmental and Nuclear Policy Program at UC Santa Cruz and a longtime critic of nuclear plant safety. PG&E had a troubled history trying to build reactors on the California coast. Initially, it constructed reactors in Northern California, despite warnings by seismologists that there were earthquake faults nearby that were active. PG&E claimed they weren't active, built the plant. After the plant was built, geologists for oil company concluded that there was active. PG&E had to admit they were right and the plant got shut down. They proposed a reactor north of San Francisco, claimed that there were no active earthquake faults nearby at all. Geologists found an earthquake fault in the very hole that had been dug to build the reactors. Then it had to be abandoned. They proposed one just north of Santa Cruz. And there a geologist found just visible at the beach, the cliffs coming down to the beach, uh, a fault that had been active quite recently. The way you recognize an earthquake fault, well, you've got two blocks of rock moving against each other and you see one kind of rock right up against another kind of rock, you've got a fault. So much of their attention was directed then at Diablo Canyon. There, PG&E made the claim to the Atomic Energy Commission that there were no earthquake faults at all located within 30 kilometers of the plant. 30 kilometers, about 18 miles. And on that basis, they proposed building a reactor that couldn't withstand much of an earthquake. PG&E got its license to construct. And about a month later, two geologists discovered the Hasgri Fault, a few kilometers away from Diablo Canyon power plant site. PG&E initially resisted the finding, saying it wasn't true, there was no fault, then admitted that it was there, but said it wasn't active, then admitted that was wrong, that it was active, but couldn't produce a large quake, and finally admitted that it was there, active, and could produce a large quake, but by that time, the plant had been 80% constructed. Unit 1 and Unit 2 of Diablo Canyon are mirror images. So you could use the blueprints for one to build the other simply by flipping the blueprints. But something went wrong in putting in the earthquake bracing. They used the mirror image blueprints for the wrong reactor. Put them in backwards. So they had this terrible embarrassment where they had to go back in and redo those earthquake supports. At the same time, PG&E said, okay, yes, there was this one additional earthquake fault, but don't worry, there won't be any more. But then they found the San Luis Bay Fault, and then they found the Los Osos Fault. And just a few years ago, they found the Shoreline Fault. Within 300 meters of the intakes and outtakes. 300 meters, about 1,000 feet. So it's a terrible, terrible embarrassment, you would say, but indicative of PG&E's safety culture. This is, after all, the same company that cut safety corners illegally that led to the explosion and death from the natural gas lines in San Bruno and was found guilty of causing the deaths of numerous people from fires that were due to failure to maintain their electrical lines. In the early part of last year, Governor Newsom proposed letting PG&E continue to operate Diablo years longer than their license would allow. It's a very peculiar matter. 
the legislation that Newsom drafted exempts Diablo Canyon from virtually all of California's environmental laws. It exempts it from CEQA, the California Environmental Quality Act, exempts it from significant parts of the Coastal Act, significant parts of the Clean Water Act, which is legally questionable because that's a federal law, overrides decisions by the State Lands Commission, the Public Utilities Commission, the Coastal Commission, the State Water Board. And uh, at the same time, something that's so controversial and so fraught with danger, Newsom held back until it was the last possible moment for the legislature to consider it. He didn't put into print the bill until 7.56 in the evening on the Sunday before the Wednesday end of session. And the bill, in fact, wasn't even voted on until one in the morning on Thursday, technically after the session had ended. There were two quickie hearings on the Thursday and Friday before he released the bill, hearings before the bill was actually in print, so no one could actually comment on it. There is simply no reason to do this if you're not ashamed of what you're doing. Newsom essentially told the legislature, vote for this proposal because don't worry, the NRC will thoroughly review the safety issues. But at the same time, PG&E is asking that the NRC not review those safety issues thoroughly, but let them keep running and have the safety review after the fact. Their only hope is that the NRC will give them an exemption. There's a reasonable chance, you know, that the NRC will give PG&E what it wants. Dan, let's plan to talk again in March. Thank you very much. This has been very helpful. I've been speaking with Dan Hirsch of Committee to Bridge the Gap. For KVMR, I'm Al Stoller. We close with a commentary from Shirley Frerichs. Frerichs is a member of Nevada County Climate Action Now and is chair of the Waste Not Committee. Lots of positive things happening with laws in California to lower methane in our atmosphere. Why? Because it's a potent greenhouse gas and affects climate change and global warming greatly. It also starts with us, you and me saying no to as much plastic as we can avoid especially single-use plastic in little condiments, sachets, packaging, straws, takeout utensils, and so forth. The stuff that costs you money, you generally have no option but to throw away after using it for an estimated 15 minutes, or maybe you don't even use it. Are you aware that packaging is between 1.4 and 40% of the cost of a given item, according to an Ohio State University study? It's an important part of marketing strategy to attract attention, but it costs you 1.4 to 40% of the cost of the item. Well, that's a lot of extra money that you can simply throw away. Think of that relative to the cost of an item that one can buy in bulk. Well, obviously much less. Save money, save paradise. (laughs) Think about the takeout food, pizza, coffee containers that you take and throw away in short order. Sorry to say, most of it is not recyclable. The price of a disposable paper cup for coffee is hidden in the cost of the item and can be at least 20% each. Add a plastic lid and the price goes up to 39 cents each for that's how much it costs you for packaging to have your cup of coffee and then you throw it away after the convenience of using it. (laughs) Is that worth it? Well, why not take your own reusable cup? It's a good option. Uh, a takeout container, save yourself lots of money. Do you realize you're paying a minimum of 10 cents per bag, plastic or paper, you get at a checkout in a store? Worth a lot of savings to you to take your own. Our state of California is a leader in enacting laws in the last two years designed to reduce a lot of methane in our environment and a lot of litter and pollution, the cleanup of which is costly to us, the taxpayers. 
Microplastics are the result of a degradation of plastic that can end up in our food and water and our bodies. These are now considered a serious health hazard, the microplastics. A lot of the recent laws are pushing more responsibility back to the producers of the takeout materials to force them to start getting creative to bring out new packaging that is truly recyclable and compostable. It shifts the burden of plastic waste from the consumer's fault to the plastics and packaging industries who make it. Until they come up with compliant products, we, the consumers, can just say no to plastics as much as possible. Write to the manufacturers of the products you really like to demand they change their packaging or you will not buy it. It's up to us to push back to them, push back to the stores, they push back to the distributors, and so it goes. The Truth and Labeling Law SB 54, or the Plastic Pollution Prevention and Packaging Producer Responsibility Act, requires all packaging to be certified recyclable, compostable by 2032 if the manufacturers want to sell the product in California. This is a long way away, but the good news is that at least 30% of plastic materials must be recyclable and compostable in landfills by 2028. Uh, medical products are not covered by this law, but this gives the manufacturer's suppliers time to find and make those compostable, recyclable products. Many more helpful laws will be covered in future articles, like the new ban on pre-checkout veggie bags. Start now to bring your own to be part of the solution. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the speaker only, and not necessarily those of KVMR, its staff, management, board, or contributors. That's our newscast for the first day of February 2023. Visit us online at kvmr.org and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. KVMR gets support from generous listeners like you and Nevada County Citizens for Choice, promoting reproductive justice and equitable reproductive health care access, advocacy, education, with compassionate services for women, men, and teens. Learn more at citizensforchoice.org and Clear Water Infiltration, offering solutions for water quality, well operations, water storage management problems, and conservation providing water testing services, treatment, and home filtration system design or evaluation. Information at clearwaterinfiltration.com. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Join us Thursday at 6 for another edition of the KVMR Evening News. 